All right, testing. One, two, testing. Testing. Did you need to talk or anything? Oh, no, you're good. We're going to, we're trying to get my levels. You're looking good on your end. Okay, cool. Okay. Where, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm from, actually, I'm in a burb of Kansas City, Missouri. It's Belton, but we're actually technically in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, cool. Yeah, I spent all my uh, summers in Joplin, Missouri, the poor city that was just taken out. Wow. What were you doing over there? That's where my mom's from, man. Um, I was there, like, my grandparents were there, so from about, I think the first flight I took, just me and my sister on our own, I was about five, six. Wow. We were like those little kids that they would let sit in the, in the cockpit the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was incredible. But yeah, like uh, going out to Joplin like every, um, yeah, every summer for about six or seven years. I just have fond memories of that place because I, I also had my par- my grandparents got me a little Honda 50. You know, so I was like, you know, nine years old whipping around that. Uh, well, my grandpa had a 80 acres of farmland. He, he was a cattle he raised the cattle. Oh, cool! And um, so he uh, he had farmland over by that this little crazy little candy shop called the can uh, the candy store, I think. Yeah, uh, I think it's kind of legendary over there. But it's oh man, that was such a fun time. Oh yeah, yeah, childhood. It's full of uh, neon colors. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let me let me go ahead and start off here with the interview. I, first of all, how did you discover the man Daniel Johnston? Um, I had, hi, how are you a long, like a long time ago? Um, you know, like a lot of, a lot of my friends, um, so I forget who turned me on to, to him, but, um, it was, it was a friend and, uh, you know, I kind of had a, um, I didn't have an immediate like revelation about, about him. Um, I, I really liked the sound of that, that, you know, cassette recording and, and, um, I just really liked the kind of the, the sound of it more than the performances um, at first. And then, uh, yeah, and then I just kind of, I, I got more into that. Um, but, you know, before starting working with him, I wasn't, I, I certainly was by no means a um, an aficionado on Daniel Johnston or, uh, you know, even like a, a massive fan. I mean, I, I really liked what I had heard. And I really, I, I ended up just loving that early stuff um, that I had, had known about for a decade or so, but hadn't really totally devoured until I kind of started really devouring that stuff, like, uh, maybe just like three or four years ago. Sure. What, what, what is it specifically about his style that struck you as, as a talent that he is? Um, you know, it's kind of, there's this real simple... There's this, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just kind of this, you know, this thing that kind of makes me look at whoever's sitting next to me when, when some of his lyrics go by and just go, what the hell, you know, how, how, how does he come up with that after what just happened lyrically? And especially when you meet him, it's like, where, you know, how is there, he, he's, he's clearly not, um, you know, sort of as out of it as people think. His, his mind is very is very vibrant and um you know it's it's, things have changed over the years a a little bit but he's you know he's he does uh come off like somebody who who um isn't capable of being sort of uh there enough to 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 write some of the lyrics that he does i think his lyrics are just are wonderful so how did you work out the deal to produce the 09 album is and always was uh that actually came from his uh manager and and dan's brother dick um 
And they just, you know, Tom just asked me, he was just, I mean, I've known Tom for, not not well at all, but he, Tom has, you know, wanted to work with me a long time ago and kind of managed me and uh, six, seven years ago. And so he just called me out of the blue. I hadn't talked to him in, in probably a couple of years and he said, hey, I have this wacky idea and I've run it by Dick and he's totally, he's totally uh, into the idea. And that is you basically doing your one-man band thing that you do on your solo records to Daniel Johnston. And I was like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> you know, I'm <laughs> like, that's that's cool, but, uh, you know, but um, I don't know, first of all, how he, you know, is he aware of me? And I don't know how his fans would react to that kind of uh, heavy, really heavy-handed person involved with Daniel's stuff. Um, it's usually more of a collective of people. And... um you know, but then I, you know, I thought about it for like an hour or two, and then called him back, and I was like, I, I would be completely into it. It's, it's just all about if Daniel and I have chemistry and get along and all that stuff. So, so we, we checked that out. Uh, they flew out, like, uh, I don't know, a month later, and, uh, you know, just to see if we would get along. And because Tom had warned me that, you know, everything could be a go, and then Daniel just might have some get irked by something. Um, and and it wouldn't even be anything that I did, but it would be something that he perceived. Um, so luckily, I he, I didn't irk him. <laughs> we went we went ahead as planned. So along those same li- same lines, what was it like to work with him on the album? Uh, it was it was really diverse. I mean, you know, the first that first time that they came out here when he and I first met, we took advantage of uh, he. Uh, you know, liking me and us getting along uh, to go ahead and record the demos that Daniel had. He had about, I don't know, he has a, he has hundreds of songs at any given point. Um, so we basically just did as many songs as we, as we could in two days. Uh, so that was the first time I ever met him. We had lunch and then we went back to my studio and I just recorded him on his acoustic guitar and singing at the same time. And he just kind of, bulldozed through, I don't know, I think I recorded about 25 or 30 different songs, and some of them uh, more complete than others. Um, some of them were just really skeletal ideas, and they would kind of fall apart, and um, and others were more fully fully formed. And, uh, yeah, so that was a great time. Um, Dick, his brother, and Tom, his manager, were both kind of looking at me with grins on their faces because they were like, you're getting you're getting the Daniel in in the, you're getting the good mood Daniel like this is amazing he obviously likes you huh. he's comfortable here because you'd know it if he wasn't um, and I was like oh, that <laughs> sounds kind of kind of terrifying but uh, uh, you know I'll take it and uh, so we um, we recorded for those two days and then he went off back to Texas and the thing that maybe some people don't know about this record is that I, I made it here kind of by myself right. I made it in my studio in, in L A. And uh, then Daniel came back to uh, to sing it about two two and a half months later. So I spent like two months making that record uh, pretty much by myself. Wow. Um, I had a friend play drums on I think five songs, and that's about it. Um, so then he came back a couple months later, and it was a little bit different. I think he, you know, I remember him walking down the driveway to my up to my little guest house thing and he was like hey man and he's like so we're gonna uh i got a bunch of new songs to record and i'm like oh no well that's 
no, we're gonna we're gonna keep working on the ones that you recorded here last time. And he was like, what? And, and, his, and Dick was like, <laughs> you know, Daniel, we're we're uh, you know, I told you we're coming here to to you're gonna sing now because Dan- Jason's kind of made this album like um, of your songs, and uh, you're now it's time to like just sing them because the the other singing you did a couple months ago is just like just a rough thing. So um, kind of took him a while to get his head around that, and uh, I, I also played him some things. And you know, before I I was very concerned before playing, you know, kind of making an album for somebody. I've never really made a record like that um, when, when they're not really there. Um, and before doing that, I made sure to talk to him about like what he wanted and what kind of, if he had any, per, you know, parameters or things he didn't want to do on the record, or, you know, musically. And he was like, I, I so I basically, I was like, do you, you know, I know you like, obviously everybody knows you like the Beatles and all that stuff. And, uh, but what about like, you know, ELO and all this kind of, you know, kind of seventies more like, and some space rock stuff like Vandergraaff generator and all that stuff. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, I think he, the quote was something like, you know, he's like, everybody thinks that I just make these kind of crappy records, but I want to make like a big, record you know with no like limitations and all this stuff and sure. so, so i was like perfect because uh i'm not gonna go crazy and 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 presume that your fans are gonna like something that's too bombast but i also think that you know hearing you in the context of like a kind of an experimental rock band uh more than just like a crack kind of an indie thing where the, you know the playing is questionable and all that stuff it was like Let's just kind of get out of that for at least this album and just see, you know see what happens. And uh, I, I couldn't be happier with how he sounds in that context. Um, and apparently neither can he because every time I see him, he's like, "It's my favorite record." So <laughs> it's a beautiful but, album. But what's that? It's a beautiful album. It really is. Oh, thank you so much. Um, um, so yeah, the second time when he came back to sing, that was when I kind of saw the frustrated down because I think he, you know, like I said, he was. He was prepared to record a bunch of new songs. I, I don't. He didn't really know that there was like an album being made. I guess it, it never really registered with him, even though we talked about it at length. Right. Um, so, you know, that was kind of like, oh, like I played him the first song, which is Mind Movies. It was actually the first song on the record, and he was, <laughs> he was like, "What's that?" I want to ask you this on the iTunes review of the album. It said Jason Faulkner taps into the past experience as a Paul McCartney sideman to apply a wide array of 60s to 70s influenced sonic textures. What does that mean? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I was never, I was, I played with Paul, I played uh, on one Paul McCartney record. I think that some people mistake me for the guy that plays in his band because we both have a shaggy blonde hair but um i i was on one paul mccartney record which was the thrill of my life but i'm certainly not a paul mccartney side man um and you know having nothing to do i, I would have made this record exactly the same way having nothing to do with paul mccartney um but uh you know i guess people needed some sort of angle uh to, to write about you um you know i i don't know i don't know what that means <laughs> so i mean I mean, I'm into so many different things. I was I was a classical kid, so I have a, a really a lot of a lot of a deep well to to draw from musically because I kind of know at least at least instrumentally I kind of know more than I should because of the classical music. Sure. That 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 um, as a 
as a foundation for any musician is just invaluable. I mean, there's, there's no, there's, there's no other experience that can sort of train your mind to be able to not only hear and appreciate things, but like know exactly how to do them once you've heard them once, you know? And I, I luckily had that, I have that kind of training and I just had that kind of mind anyway. So, um, you know, and my, my record collection is as diverse as it could possibly get. I mean, it's, uh, bar talk and the buzzcocks, you know, and, and, and even way further out than both of those things. And so I just, you know, when I'm constructing a song and producing a song, I just, um, just kind of follow my instincts and my instincts luckily have this big pool to draw from. And, and I just kind of, you know, I'm trying to make something that sound kind of original at the same time, which is, you know, in this day and age is getting more and more difficult since so much ground has been covered historically. Well, you know what the Beatles said, whatever has been done has been done before, but I, I tell you what, you're the most original, as far as I'm concerned, out there as a musician putting music out there. It's amazing stuff. Thanks, um, man. I appreciate that. I, I've noticed that you've done some live gigs with Daniel. How, how is it to perform with him live? Oh, it's, it's, those were both amazing. Uh, the first one I did was last, last summer, uh, not this most recent summer, the one last year, um, and that was in Austin, and that was just so cool. Um, I played, uh, well, again, you know, like I didn't know really which Daniel I was going to get. Um, and I got, you know, he was just in such good spirits and just so, um, gentle. And, uh, and, uh, I, I actually had never seen him live. So, mm. you know, that had a, a bunch of, um, you know, brilliant things in, as far as my experience there for, you know, playing with him, doing my own set, but then also joining him on stage for, I think, I think I did like four or five songs with him and his band. And then just watching his show, it was all just wonderful. And then, yeah, just just a month or a month and a half ago, he, we did a show out here together in L.A. And um, also great, you know, I joined him on stage, and he, he's awesome. You know, this, he's, 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 insp- he, uh, he's an inspiration, for sure. Absolutely. Do you have any plans on collaborating on any more work with him? Well, I, you know... He, the, the couple of times I've seen him since the record, he's like, let's do another one. And I'm like, yeah, I, hey, I would love to. So, you know, um, they, his, his brother did ask me if I could um, work on something. They're, they're going to be, um, I think they're, they're putting out, I forget what, it, oh, shoot, I forget exactly what it is. I think they're either, anim, they're either animating some of his, some of his, um, comic book stuff or he's making a com- I can't remember exactly what it is but it was going to have a musical companion oh cool and it just was, was bad timing they were trying to get me to do that with him when he was here for that show we just did and I I, I mean I hardly had time to uh, to do the show I was in the middle of another another project and so I couldn't do that and I don't know if they found somebody else to do that but that was something they asked me to do and I unfortunately couldn't do so we'll see I mean I, I would do another record with him for sure cool so is Daniel a big fan of your music um, I think he is. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I, that's, I definitely asked his manager when he first contacted me about doing it. I was like, does Daniel know who I am and, and all that? And it's kind of like, yeah, he, yeah, he does. And he's really, he can't believe that he plays Paul McCartney and all this. It was kind of went to that you know, because, <laughs> because of Daniel's Beatle mania. Sure. Um, but uh, at this point, I would imagine, you know, I played him something when he was here and he totally paid attention and was just like, that's real good, man. I mean, he was like really like 
sincere and kind of mellow and like really like took it in. And um, so I, I would imagine at this point he's taking the time to listen to what I've done. Excellent. So what is it about the current popular music landscape that would not allow someone like Daniel to get the airplay he deserves? Oh, man. You know, you, you, you realize that I, I don't get the airplay I deserve either, so I can't. Precisely. That's another part of this. You as well. I, I have... I well, I mean, I have a lot of ideas. I should I should stop saying I have no idea because that's not true. Um, I have I have a lot of <laughs> ideas, but you know, I just think that um, you know we're not in a in a society where people are interested in things that are that are, are under the surface, and and you know, people don't have a lot of time. That's that's a given. People don't have a lot of time and a lot of energy because they're so bombarded with other options. You know, with all these. Um, with all the information that's just in your hand now via your phone, um, it's hard to get somebody to stop what they're doing, which is constantly like looking around for what's what's next, what's next, what's next, and actually sit down and and pay attention to something, um, you know, for more than a few minutes. So you know, I think that's kind of killed like the whole concept of an album because albums are are an event. It's like a movie. You sit down, or you know, you at some point you sit down and listen to an album. Yeah, I mean, I always did, and I still do. And I like to listen to him in headphones. I like to listen to him in my, in my studio. I like to listen to him in my vintage, reco- uh, vintage uh, high hi-fi stuff in my bedroom, and you know, all different ways. I like to sit down and listen to music. But um, I just think that um, you know we're we're so immersed in uh, you know watching people behave really badly on TV, and and that's like entertainment now. It's just like humiliation and. And uh, and and pity and and uh, things to make you feel better about yourself, uh, <laughs> as opposed to enlightening you. Well said. Um, I think that's one of the one of the big problems. So, I think Daniel's music for sure is a is a is a is challenging. I mean, you know, he's challenging. Um, he's certainly a, an unlikely kind of lead singer type uh, for for somebody who's not open to. Um, diversity but uh you know that's another reason why he's so loved um and uh so you know it it works as an advantage and a disadvantage um for him and uh so i don't know that's a trick you know it's tough that the question actually you know i'm not not even joking that question keeps me up at night yeah (laughs) because yeah i'm like what is wrong with people um you know why don't you want to you know, I was educated by the music that I liked as a kid. Like, it was an education. It was also entertainment, of course. I didn't like anything unless I liked it. So that had to be entertaining to begin with. But I was also, like, and I relished the, the education. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just amazing to, to think that, that pop music in its pure form started out. Sure, it was designed to sh- shake your ass, but it also was... It was uh, it, the Beatles were educating us, you know, the, I mean, so, and so were the Stones, so were the, so was the Who, so were the Kinks for sure. And all, you know, all these kind of bands and, um, and then, and then what's crazy to remember is what, how far stretch, how far reaching music got in the late sixties and early seventies, you know, with like some of the good prog stuff and not even prog necessarily, but more experimental music. Uh, it's just amazing to me that those people were, you know, playing in front of 10,000 people every night, and they were, like, doing these 15-minute 
<laughs> I mean, that just doesn't exist now. No. That'll never exist again. That, you know, that kind of open-armed um, celebration of, like, of, 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 like, really expanding your mind and your, and your, and your, what you know. So, people aren't interested in that anymore. No. Um, certainly people in the underground are, but not, yeah. not popular. So, I just say that, I just think that everybody should just stop trying to be popular and not worry about it, because I, I certainly gave up on that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I, there was a good friend of mine years ago, they were in a, uh, it was one of the bigger KC bands that was around called the Daybirds, and his name was Phil Schlotter, and he used to sit down with the L.O. Album, albums and beg us to stay in the room. And it was like you said, it was theater. It was just, I mean, I don't see that anymore, even with my kids. They don't sit around and listen to albums anymore, which is really a lost art. Yeah, no, it really is. And I, I make sure, I mean, I, I drive, I think I drive people out of my, uh, of my late night parties because I'm, uh, I'm just, I can't stop playing music for people. I'm just like, <laughs> sit, like, sit down, listen, yeah. you know, and it's just like, listen to this and, you know, it also just, it sounds so good in my, my little, my studio, my, I have a really cool console that was from Nashville in the mid seventies and just everything coming out of that. It's like, it's, 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 my system is of the era of the records that I'm listening to. So it's like a perfect, you know, kind of match and it just, it just sounds striking in here. So it's more entertaining than, than, than anything that you could watch, right. you know, in my opinion, it's just listening to good music on a good stereo system. It's like total revelation. Yeah, absolutely. Let me, I'm going to, to be relevant with my piece that I'm going to do on Daniel, I just want to ask you some general questions about Jason Faulkner's world. And I was wondering if, do you have a uh, solo album in the works, a new one? Have you been touring? What's going on with Jason Faulkner these days? Uh, oddly enough, I'm starting my solo record day after tomorrow. I, cool. um, I'll i be doing it in my studio. Uh, the, what's going on with me is, yeah, there's not much touring. I'm doing a couple of shows here in L.A. Um, in October and November. Um, and then and then nothing until I finish this record. Um, so I'm going to be basically working on this record until the end of the year. And then I, I need to figure out how to put it out. Um, I know that a lot of people are just self-putting things out now, but I am not nearly a, a disciplined enough uh, businessman to put things out myself. So I'll be looking for uh, some label or vehicle or whatever to, to get this out and, and uh, into people's heads. Uh, so that's, that's pretty much it. Um, starting that in a couple of days in my studio. Cool. So in all the projects throughout the years, I've been a big fan of Jason Faulkner from Beatnik Beach to the Greys, to Jellyfish, to your solo work and studio work with Beck and McCartney. What have you dug the most? Oh, man. Oh, without a doubt, my first solo record. That When I look back at that point in my life, that, you know, because that was, that was the first time I ever played every instrument, <clears throat> you know, which, which, some people misunderstand as me being, uh, you know, showy or, or, or cocky or whatever. Like, look at me. Um, it's, it's, it's not that at all. There's not even a, a hint of that with me. It's, it's, it's born out of such a deep love for rock music and all the different instruments. Um, and I just, when I, when I hear a song in my head and I start working it out and it turns into something that I'm writing, I'm hearing all the parts equally. I don't hear just the vocal melody or just the, whatever I'm writing on piano or guitar. I hear the bass line. I hear the drums. I hear, and, I, and I'm molding that as I'm writing it, as I'm recording it, and kind of trying different things. But it's always just me. Um, so I do something. 
then go, no, this should be more like this, do it, do it again, do it again, do it again. And um, that's why I play all the instruments, because it's the, it's the most efficient and most honest way for me to get what's in my head out into the world. And instead of having to explain to a drummer that, no, you got to play it more like you're like 14 years old and you're, and you, you know, you're, and you're, you don't really know how to play that well, but you're also good. You're also you and you can play, but it has to have that energy and uh, trying to describe that, like kind of, you know, ethereal things to people. Some, it's just more time consuming. Actually, it takes longer to do that than me to play everything myself. So, sure. um, I totally forgot your question. Oh, no, that was it. I, I wanted to know what projects over the years and, uh, that first oh. album author unknown was an amazing album. Yeah, that I mean, it was you know not even I'm not even saying that's my favorite thing I've done, but just that period in in my life, I was like probably twenty um, twenty seven, uh, uh, yeah, twenty seven when I made that, and I was just on fire. Like I, I just remember making that. Like I had the poor engineer, you know, that I just met. <laughs> he had no idea what he was signing up for, and he was. I just was like, you have to follow me with a microphone, like. I'm just going to walk around and I'm just going to pick stuff up, follow me with that Neumann microphone and plop it right in front of me when I start doing something. And, you know, basically that's how that record was made. It was just me running around like a madman and then <laughs> having this poor engineer sweating, following me around with a mic. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was a really innocent time for me too. Cause I hadn't, I hadn't had any disappointments commercially. I mean, I didn't really care that much about the bands I was in before because I was not really like a founding member, um, and I also, there was so much turmoil within the band with other people that I, it just kind of like pushed me away and made me kind of think, oh, well, well, everything's going to be fine when I finally get a solo deal. So that was the culmination of all that frustration. And, you know, and I signed to Electra, and to me, Electra at least philosophically seemed like a really cool mid level label, not a huge conglomerate like Sony but also not, you know, a tiny little indie. And uh, so that was really exciting. You know, it took a while for the wind to be kicked out of my cells, you know, when, when, the, when, the, when the album didn't sell. But yeah. when I was making it, that was the, probably the high point of my life. Well, so speaking of being a part of projects, what, what was it like to be a part of something that to this day is seen as one of the, the, the finest albums in the 90s, which are the Jellyfish albums? How, how was that to be in that band and to produce that kind of material? Well, I, yeah, I was really um, a fan of the singer and the main songwriter, Andy. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know him until I was in the band, but I had lived with the demos for, I don't know, five or six months before I finally moved up to San Francisco and officially joined what would become Jellyfish. And, you know, so the, that was, it was very bittersweet because I don't know if, if you know anything about the, all, that whole history, but Andy and I... Um, just never got along. So, you know, we're we're making what I consider to be a, fi a very, very good record. And, you know, I'm thrilled about that because I had just gotten out of the 3 o'clock and the 3 o'clock record I think is terrible. I thought it was terrible when we were making it. You know, I was the only one who thought so and I was also the new kid so nobody would listen to me. Um, so I'm in this now in this band with, we've got the guy that produced Saturday Night Fever and Eric Clapton and you know, we've got a really good engineer, this incredible engineer. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, this is amazing. Why can't we just get along? Like, what? Like, we're going to blow it. Like, I just knew that, 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 that the attitude 
problems that we that we had with each other were going to devastate it. And uh, so that was, you know, like that made it really bittersweet. I mean, we were doing these crazy orchestral things and, you know, we, we had a really cool um, philosophy when we made that record, which was that the core of the band, which was just the three of us, we were the only ones uh, making that record, um, that we were always going to be... Um, represented in every song as a trio played live. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that, but so every song on that record has a performance of the three of us live and that's the first performance. So that's the skeleton of the song. Um and so in songs like uh what is it? Um Oh man, I can't think of the the, the titles right now. Um She still loves him. Okay, she yeah. she still loves him. You hear it's just one guitar, and um, I'm playing that guitar, and then the solo kicks in, and you hear the rhythm guitar go away because the solo is me just stepping on an AV box and switching to another amp that's just cranked up, yeah. and that's my solo tone. And I just thought things like that were really cool and also very not not very of the day because, you know, in the 1989, 90, 91, man, nobody was making records like that. No. You know, everything was Fairlights and, and horrible samples and, you know. So, absolutely, it was cool, very cool. So, but it, yeah, I mean, I, I was aware that we were making something that was that was like notch, notches above above the competition. And I think we all were, and that's one of the reasons why it's kind of so sad that we we just couldn't get it together and like get along. I mean, it seems like you know, it just seems like it it should have been easier to do it than it, than it was, but but it wasn't. So there, there has never been any talk of you guys doing anything ever again. It was just once you guys were done, that was the end of Jellyfish. Well, once I was done, I was like good riddance because I just, I mean, I had an ulcer when I was 22 and I had, I got like, I was really affected by, by the, the, by the bad attitude that I got from Andy. I was really affected by it sure. um, because I care, you know, if I didn't care, then I, then I'd just go on to the next thing, but I really cared. And I really cared about that music. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, there's never, I mean, I left and then, and then I remember their manager calling me like even like a year later going like, please, Andy, Andy just was walking around going, I just want Jason. Like, like the, he's meeting potential guitar players and he's like, well, he's not Jason. I'm like, well, that's weird. Cause that guy never, ever gave me any indication that he even cared about my playing. You know what I mean? So sure. then all of a sudden he's like, but it's not Jason. I was like, that's weird. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the only thing that has come up that uh, I don't think will happen, probably because of Andy, because I would actually do something now, um, is there's a huge festival out here called Coachella. Yeah. And we, I think it was about a year, maybe either a year ago or two years ago, somebody from Coachella, one of the promoters, was found found my info and asked me if if the band would be interested in reforming for Coachella. And I was like, well... I think you're gonna have a hard time finding Andy and convincing him to do that. But you know, I was like, I was like, well, I I might do it, you know. And then it just fell away. Sure. So. Let Let me move into the Beatles segment right now of the interview. What is your favorite Beatles album? Uh, I'm sure it's probably Revolver. Okay. What uh, do you have any plans on doing any more bedtime with the Beatles? Um, I probably not. I think two, two was was. I mean, I only planned on doing one. And the only reason I did a second one was because my friend Dave Sardi, who's a big rock record producer guy, he was 
he, he had a new son and he called me and he's like, man, somebody gave me this beetle thing for kids. And he was like, and he's like, I put it on. I couldn't believe it. He was like, it's so good. And then I looked at him and was like, saw, saw your name. And he's like, what happened to that? And I was like, uh, what do you mean what happened to it? It was on Sony and they, you know, they didn't really promote it. And it's not, I guess it's kind of hard to promote a, a children's album, but, um, you know, that's what happened to it. And he was like, shit, man, you should do another one. And you should do it in my studio. I'll give you my studio. So that's the only reason the second one came about. I, I probably wouldn't have done that had it not been for, uh, you know, free studio time at his world-class studio while he's out producing Oasis in England. And um, so probably not again. You know, I did think about doing um, some other, you know, like maybe an ELO one or, uh, cool. you know, um, I don't know what else. But, uh, but no, I'm, I'm kind of... See, I can never gauge if those records have actually hurt or helped my my own career. I can't. I can't gauge. I have no idea. But I. Sure. I know that when I did the first one, I was. I was concerned about that. I remember that because I was like, I'm not a guy that makes kids records. You know, that's not what I do. I don't even have kids, and I. Right. I mean, I love kids, and I. I plan on having kids, but. But that's not like what I do, and I don't want that to uh, confuse, my fans, into thinking I'm like some sort of cuddly thing when that's not that's part of what i do but that's not like all i do right and so i i to be honest with you i don't know if uh if those records helped or hurt my solo records sure um, the perception of, of me out there sometimes i think it, it hurt it hurt it but i don't know sure Sure. I'll tell you what, Jason, I have come to the end of my questions. I will tell you personally, as a big fan of yours, I think it added to the range and breadth that you give as far as your entire music catalog is concerned. I think it helped. I, I love listening to them. In fact, I have uh, my trusty studio engineer, good friend, John Christopher here. I am putting, I have a jazz show here in Kansas City that I do. It's kind of a uh, more of an indie underground thing. I do some pop, pop crossovers. I'm going to have across the universe on the show tonight. Um, Sweet. So I, I'm, I'm putting that on. But I did want to tell you also, back in 04, I had the, uh, it, it was totally awesome. I loaded up in a car with one of my best friends, Dan Emig, and went down to Dallas to see you open for Travis. And it was totally cool to see you live, but to see you plug that iPod in and do what you right. did with that was awesome. <laughs> cool. Thanks, <laughs> So at any rate, I, uh, I, I really appreciate the time you put out. And I tell you what, as a fan of your music, I am more of a fan of you now than ever. I can hear you, you live your music and you're a totally grounded, cool cat. And it's so refreshing to have people like you on this planet. I thank you. And I appreciate you giving your time up tonight to talk to me. Well, th I really appreciate that. Thanks a lot, man. Good talking to you. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye.